I will skip the usual preamble because we have a fairly lengthy presentation. The only thing I would like to ensure is that you put your $11 in the basket and have somebody count it up. Thank you. Uh, now I'd like to go right into introducing our speaker. And you may recall that Anthony Anya from Alberta Innovates told us about an intriguing process to remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. It's based on adding biochar to soil as a means to enhance that carbon sink while also enriching the soil. That presentation is, was in November of 2012. It's time for an update. Uh, Don Harfield, also from Alberta Innovates, is here to provide us with a report on that concept and other potential commercial use of biochar. His report is very timely in view of the Alberta government's recent pledge to support innovative uses of carbon dioxide. Now, Don graduated from University of Alberta with a degree in mechanical engineering in 1975, and you can't do any better than that having come from the same place myself. No, bias. <laughs> no, none at all. He has also undertaken advanced training in project management and has many years experience in mechanical engineering and project leadership. He's currently team leader of thermal chemical processing at Alberta Innovates Technology Futures in Vegerville. Don, please come up to the todium, podium. It's all yours for the next 30 minutes. Thank you very much, Duane. Uh, good afternoon. I believe it is afternoon now at 12.00. And uh, my name is Don Harfield, as Duane has introduced me. And so I want to make sure that the sound levels are fine here. I understand that this is uh, being recorded. And uh, I look forward to the opportunity to share with you a few ideas on biochar. So I bring you greetings from the uh, uh, research arm of the province of Alberta, uh, Alberta Innovates. And so uh, I have colleagues here with the uh, uh, college of uh, Lethbridge College here, Nick Savadoff, who uh, has been working with me in biochar for at least the last 10 years. And I also have uh, uh, Robert Lavoie in the audience as well. And he is the first uh, company to be able to commercialize biochar and have the CFIA, Canadian Food Inspection Agency, approval for his product to go into the soil. So it's coming along. So with that, what I'd like to do is take a look at the slides. And I'm going to try and speak to the slides, not necessarily read the slides. So uh, follow along with me if you don't mind. Uh, whoever's, uh, how do I move the slides? Does somebody do that for me or do I do, do, do that myself? Multitasking at its finest, folks. So left hand pointer, right hand clicking and speaking with my mouth, two ears and one mouth. Okay, so the Alberta interview. Okay, thank you. So I might just even look at some of the uh, slides here. Uh, as you probably are aware, the Alberta Innovates family is an arm of the provincial government which provides research and development to help commercialize technologies for the benefit of Albertans. And uh, we focus on all the sectors of the, of the province. 
you also may uh, know that Bill 11 recently uh, was approved and is waiting a royal assent to be proclaimed and is expected to be in uh, place soon and that's going to amalgamate, consolidate all the uh, uh, Alberta uh, Innovates uh, uh, branches uh, together and uh, we're in transition. So the actual AITF or Technology Futures was uh, most well known for the Alberta Research Council which has an age-old brand name recognition and these are the organizations that came in uh, to produce the Technology Futures. Its uh, current mandate is really to help develop uh, you know, technologies for the benefit of Albertans and uh, developing the newer technologies that can have an impact on our society. We are located in several locations, predominantly in Edmonton, but also Vegreville, Devon, and uh, Calgary. Uh, when we talk about biochar, I'm also talking about pyrolysis, and pyrolysis is the cooking of biomass materials. It's like cooking wood in the absence of oxygen. And so we have a number of people with the expertise within my team. We have expertise in a number of areas of pyrolysis, which includes the uh, uh, lab scale, bench scale, pilot scale, and demonstration scale facilities. And we are specialists in the development of functionalized biochars and activated carbons for added value. But we're also very, very familiar with combustion and torrefaction. We also have expertise in uh, gasification, hydrothermal carbonization, development of slow-release fertilizers, which around Lethbridge I think would be highly beneficial uh, as we try to uh, uh, move from a synthetic fertilizer base to more organic fertilizer as a, as a vision. And so we've done a lot of work in these areas, and this slide addresses some of our expertise. So what is biochar? As I mentioned, biochar is really cooked wood. What happens is you put it in a pot, and you heat it up, and you uh, uh, remove the volatiles, and you convert it to a predominantly char or carbon-based material. It's black. It looks like charcoal, but the thing that di differentiates Biochar from charcoal is the fact that it comes from clean uh, biomass and that it can be safely put into soil to grow your fruits and vegetables and, uh, and the like. And it's usually a soil amendment. And so how do you make biochar? You cook it. And it's cooked at a, at a temperature of a range of 450 to 550 degrees Celsius. So in the absence of oxygen, you take the volatile gases off, and then you utilize those volatile gases as a fuel to be able to drive the sustainable process. I point out that there's an international biochar initiative in, based in the States, but worldwide, and I'm one of the advisors. Uh, biochar properties, you can read as well as I can, and basically it has very good soil. Uh, uh, amendment properties to help the microbes to be able to grow better uh, fruits and vegetables and it uh, uh, particularly in marginal soils is highly beneficial. And those benefits are in terms of crop and soils and it helps uh, improve your uh, crop productivity and reduces your need for fertilizers. 
one of the things that it can do also it can sequester carbon. And so uh, in the sequestration of carbon from the atmosphere through the uh, uh, natural process, biological process of photosynthesis, photosynthesis which uh, converts the carbon dioxide from the air into plant matter and it grows. And if you sequester that through the pyrolysis of the wood, you will then produce biochar, put it in the soil, and a, t a ton of uh, uh, biomass can be uh, converted into 50% of that uh, can be into sequestered carbon in the soil. And if you do the molecular uh, conversion of carbon into carbon dioxide, that's worth 3.67 tons of uh, CO2 emissions sequestered for each ton of biochar. And carbon stability, if you cook it right, it can last a long, long time. The terra preta soils from the Amazon have been there for a couple of thousand years, and they're going to be there another couple of thousand years unless somebody digs them all up and makes it go away. So it can be very stable. Which brings me to the Alberta Biochar Initiative. And if you look to the right of the screen, you will also see that we've got a couple of banners up there which talks about what is biochar and also what the uh, objectives of the Alberta Biochar Initiative. This was started in uh, December of 2012, and uh, uh, to the uh, uh, June of last year, 2015, and during that time period, uh, we achieved all the objectives, which was to help the commercialization of biochar as an emerging industry, and air terror is testament as to the effectiveness of what that initiative that was started from Alberta Innovates as well as with Lakeland College in, uh, 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 with support from Western Economic Diversification Canada and in uh, conjunction with about 60 uh, industry partners for the Alberta Biochar Initiative. And these are the themes uh, that we had to uh, address, and they were all successfully uh, addressed, including the uh, uh, provision of two demonstration-scale units that can produce half a ton of biochar in a 24-hour period. And CFIA approval took a couple of years, and, and the reason for the time that it takes is the fact that we have to make sure that we have uh, products that are safe to use. And so safety and health are vital in terms of the food chain. And so through that process, we spent a lot of time uh, working with uh, Air Terror, and there are others that are seeking to uh, follow up and uh, seek uh, CFIA approval. So if you are considering biochar, please consider the uh, health and safety of the food chain, and please uh, consider the necessity for CFIA approval. And I'd be pleased to help anybody who's wanting to go down that path. And these are the specifications. I don't expect anybody to read this, but they are there, and they will be uh, available on the website uh, as this, this presentation is posted. Brings us to Bill 20. This is a busy year for our Alberta government. Bill 11 wanting to change Alberta Innovates. Bill 20 wanting to introduce a carbon tax. Now, 
Uh, I think that the, uh, uh, the sequestration of carbon could have a great role in terms of how we utilize uh, the biomass in our province and how if we could develop a way to avert forest fires, if we could minimize them, if we could cut them down by half and protect our communities, we wouldn't have incidents like Slave Lake and Fort McMurray. And there is a way, path forward, that I believe would be very strategic for us to prevent uh, the uh, uh, impacts of forest fires in the spring of the year by the use of uh, converting the wood waste and the, and, the, and the areas of wood that could be uh, potential fire areas by converting that to biochar and putting that into soil into agricultural regions. Which brings me to Canada's in, uh, Biomass Innovation. This is a report that was uh, published here in uh, February by the CCEMC and AI Biosolutions. I have copies of the report here with me today. But basically, we have a huge potential with biomass as an alternative and as a supplement to the petroleum-based uh, fuels that we enjoy and we uh, benefit from being the, being the coal and the oil and the gas. Not to say that we do away with them, but how we can strategically integrate biomass into the, uh, the fuel chain in our province. As I mentioned, uh, we have done a lot of work in terms of biochar since Anthony was here and spoke to you uh, about the, the front end of what we hope to achieve. And now I can uh, come to you and tell you what we have achieved. And so uh, you can read for yourself on there, but we have certainly advanced the technology to the point where it is now at the cusp, the tipping point of it being uh, a credible technology for commercialization, where people can make money, do good, and uh, feel good about doing the right thing. There are a lot of technical papers that we have developed through our time in the three and a half years, and these technical papers are listed there, and including the last one, which was just uh, made available here in April, and that is how can you develop a greenhouse gas protocol system. So I have copies of that available for people who are interested in that. So where can we use biochar? Basically, we can use it in soils that are uh, challenged, whether they be marginal soils or they be previously damaged soils because of industrial activity. So these, uh, these soils have an inherent lack of carbon and the need for increasing the carbon content would be a major step in terms of integration of the uh, uh, soil amendments necessary to make these lands productive. And so uh, as we look at uh, the use of slow-release fertilizers, carbon-based can be a, a huge uh, benefit for that and how it can be blended with compost. We have even uh, blended compost for the egg farmers of Alberta and uh, produced them into pellets, and we've actually put them into air seeders, put them in the ground, and we've had successful results of barley and spring rye, uh, and that's just uh, in, in the last uh, year, the last few months. Advanced carbons, this is where you can add value to uh, uh, making activated carbons, and so, how are we doing for time right now? 
Okay, so I'm trying to make sure. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, the, your time is well spent, that I can uh, cover the topic off within the time available. So as I mentioned, there's marginal and industrial land applications, but there's also a means of removing phosphorus from uh, lakes and uh, water bodies where it has leached out of the land from excessive use of fertilizers. And uh, so it is actually a sponge that can absorb the phosphorus, which can then later be applied as part of your fertilizer program. Uh, the other thing is we're doing a lot of work in terms of wastewater treatment for the oil sands tailings ponds and we have been able to uh, extract some of the uh, uh, organic acids such as naphthenic acids uh, through the uh, uh, filtering of the oil sands tailings water through this. We've also found that by uh, blending the, uh, the biochar uh, and in a functionalized form with the oil sands tailings water that it actually helps break down the emulsion and allows the fines to settle out faster, which after 35 years or so, they have not been able to do, and yet we've been able to do that in the lab, uh, and we think that this has uh, commercial uh, applications. Uh, Nick Savadov, Dr. Savadov here in the college, uh, he has done a lot of work in uh, 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 hydroponics and now in aquaponics. And here's an example of what we've done in hydroponics in Vegreville, proving out that biochar is a substitute for coconut coir as a substrate for hydroponic operations. Beautiful uh, tomatoes, great cucumbers. And we've done uh, field research and reclamation projects around, uh, uh, most notably in uh, Peace River and in the Northwest Territories. And uh, uh, so these case studies have spoken for themselves in terms of the applicability of uh, biochar as used as a soil amendment. And there's a remote sump in the uh, uh, borer pit in uh, Northwest Territories. Uh, suffice to say that where marginal, sand, uh, marginal soils require uh, soil amendments and sustain the, uh, uh, the ability to grow uh, vegetation, then this is something that uh, can be used. And there's another ex case study. In addition, pyrolysis, and I uh, I wonder, uh, uh, up until now, has anybody in the room not been familiar with pyrolysis or, okay. So, so for some people, pyrolysis is, is a new concept, but it's basically, again, it's cooking uh, wood or biomass in the absence of oxygen and allowing the volatiles to come off and leave the char behind. But you know, you can actually apply that same technology to uh, uh, recycled tires. There is a company in Vegreville that moved there as a result of my team's expertise, and they are setting up a facility to be able to convert the crumb rubber into carbon black and the pyrolysis oil into a fuel oil and the using the synthetic gas uh, as the uh, heating uh, medium 
to sustain the process. So basically, when through pyrolysis at 500 degrees Celsius, you're going to get a solid, you're going to get a liquid, and you're going to get a gas. The solid is the char, the liquid is the uh, bio oil or the uh, pyrolysis oil, and the third is the uh, is the syngas, uh, synthetic gas, not to be confused with biogas, which comes from anaerobic digestion, or not to be confused with natural gas, which comes from petroleum products. So uh, anyway, that is the pyrolysis process can be very, very beneficial. And as we develop the technology to produce biochar, we can then also find other applications that can be beneficial to uh, dealing with some of the tough environmental problems in our, uh, in our country and around the world. So there's other things listed on this page in terms of the reduction of landfill volumes. Uh, you can take your construction and demolition waste and you can separate it and then you can turn that into a char either for uh, carbon sequestration or better still use it as a mixture with compost for municipality and turn that into a very robust uh, soil amendment. So that's what char looks like. Doesn't looks kind of like the, the residue of my campfire when I have to douse it when I have to move on. And here's a couple of slides here from the International Biochar Initiative, and it shows where some of the feedstocks from the, uh, uh, for the production of biochar come from. And they're notably mostly wood, which is why I refer to the term cooking wood. But uh, you can use corn, bamboo, food waste, uh, uh, animal uh, manure, and the like. And the applications are uh, as shown here, and these are the, uh, the applications from the International Biochar Initiative. And so they give you the relative proportion. Pricing. People always want to know what cost, what, how much can you sell the biochar for, and it depends on the part of the world that you're either producing it from or, or where your markets are. But these uh, uh, are in U.S. dollars per kilogram, and they uh, range from as high as 344 uh, 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 dollars per uh, kilogram uh, down to much lower numbers, uh, such as in African countries such as Ghana. And a lot of it is to do with the labor rate and its quality. So the number of products that are on the market, uh, uh, China in particular has have these products predominantly being uh, produced uh, in, in Southeast Asia, but Canada's coming into it. And so there's another one from China. And our Canadian one, Air Terror. And so uh, uh, the, uh, the brand name is Soil Matrix and uh, is available. And if any garden enthusiasts want to try biochar, uh, we actually have a few boxes here for people who would like to get them. Activated carbon market. This is where you, uh, uh, by uh, a steam activation at a high temperature, you can convert the biochar into a, uh, uh, a specialty carbon, which is used for the removal of toxic compounds, both in uh, oil, uh, in uh, uh, water or in the air, and uh, uh, these uh, uh, activated carbons 
We've got about a $2 billion market in 2012, and it's uh, in expected to double here uh, very shortly, 2018, 2019. So mercury removal is a big issue here for coal-fired power plants, and biochar converted into activated carbons can be part of the solution. And so just uh, information on the slides. For those who wish to look at them later, I'm not going to go into the detail, but uh, I wanted to give you the content. And there's a listing of all the Alberta uh, uh, coal-fired power plants. And uh, many, uh, uh, Darko uh, is one of the uh, recognized activated carbon suppliers. We functionalize biochars within our own research and found that they rival the quality of commercially available activated carbons. And as I mentioned before, we've done a lot of work with the oil sands tailings and uh, 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 as we look at uh, finding solutions to some of our big problems in the province. Uh, we think that uh, biochar and activated carbons can actually be uh, part of that solution. And we think that uh, in the, as we move towards more organic fertilizers, biochar can be a part of that. We've also uh, developed a phenolic glues from the bio oils and found that it is commercially attractive what we call green fennels, environmentally green fennels. Torrefaction, this is uh, kind of like your coffee beans, light, medium, and dark roast. And so depending on how much you cook it, at about 250 degrees Celsius, you will heat, uh, increase the, the heating value of the, of the wood, typically in pellet form. And uh, the more you cook it, the more it turns into biochar. And so it's a light, medium, and dark roast. And for those enthusiasts who want numbers, there's another slide with numbers, but uh, these can be uh, basically uh, uh, torrefied wood is, is a bio coal. And it doesn't have the same ash content. It has much less ash content. It is dry, whereas wood, oh, I'm sorry, whereas uh, coal can often have moisture content of up to 12% this uh, torrefied uh, wood pellets will be less than 3%, typically 1% or 2%. Another slide for enthusiasts who want to know all about lignin and cellulose and hemicellulose and the, uh, how, we, how wood is cons uh, made up. So that's an interesting slide that tells you a bit about the uh, cell wall structures. And this slide speaks to the thermal uh, stability regimes of how the uh, cellulose, the hemicellulose, and the lignans are impacted by the raising of temperature of this material. So uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, biomass is a renewable carbon neutral greenhouse gas sustainable solid fuel, uh, meaning that you can burn it and it does not add to the, uh, the carbon in the atmosphere. And so there's a number of available technologies. And we have examples in the province that, are, that my team and myself have been directly involved in the uh, setting up of dem demonstration facilities. One is in Sherwood Park. And this is uh, an example of their combustion modules and some photos of their facility. Camros has one as well. And uh, they have a smaller unit, but it's uh, used by Camros County. 
And so we've done studies uh, just to help them understand and, and better uh, optimize the performance of their systems. And more photos. Wood, wet wood doesn't burn. What a revelation, eh? So wet wood, uh, when you cut down a tree, it has about 50% moisture. You need to get it down to about 20% before it actually is a, uh, uh, a usable fuel. And this graph shows the uh, heating value impact of moisture in wood and the impact on the output. So we have a number of facilities that help us do our job on a bench scale, on a pilot scale, and a uh, recent addition is a batch carbonizer for steam activation. And uh, we have these two demonstration units. Uh, and uh, uh, the picture in the middle there of a person holding uh, biochar in his hands, that's, uh, those are my hands. And so I guess I had a hand in it. We have uh, biochar-related events in order to communicate the results of our technology and help network for people who are interested to develop the biochar industry. We recently had uh, a display at the Calvary Garden Show, which was hosted by Aerotera. Uh, and uh, also, uh, on April the 27th, we had a workshop where we had about 70 people there from across Alberta, including people from the U.S. and Ontario. We have a... Uh, uh, a biochar initiative in Oregon uh, coming up and where we're going to help collaborate with our neighbors to the south. So in conclusion, we know that biochar is a recognized soil amendment worldwide. It is available in Canada. The International Biochar Initiative and the Alberta Biochar Initiative are good networking groups to help people commercialize this technology and make money from it and doing good. There are technical documents available. Doesn't cost you anything to be a member of the ABI, but it gives you uh, access to a lot of information. And uh, there's a lot of enhanced products that we can make from biochar. And uh, it can be produced in conjunction with the uh, uh, com uh, combustion and torrefaction torf processes. So uh, this is something to keep in mind as well. And uh, what we're really looking for is clean biomass, not uh, material that has been chemically treated. And with that, I leave you with some thoughts about how relevant we think that biochar has the potential to be in our province and how it can do good to make the world a little bit better place to live in. So thank you very much.